Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Well, this Russia-Ukrainian border situation just gets more and more bizarre. Really, it's nonsensical. It's hard to make sense of it. I mean, on the one hand, we're supposed to believe that an administration, the Biden regime, which lifted sanctions to permit Russia to build the Nord Stream 2 pipeline in May of 2021, well, they're now suddenly willing to put in place economic sanctions that are going to weaken Russia? I mean, the Nord Stream 2, greenlighting that, was always about empowering Russia, giving it a monopoly on oil production and transportation of, uh, of natural gas to Europe. And it was always about harming Ukraine. So now we're supposed to believe that the Biden regime is suddenly going to enact these sanctions to hurt them when they went out of their way to empower them before? Does that make sense? It doesn't to me. I mean, that in itself, greenlighting that pipeline, that was an act of solidarity to me between the Biden regime and Russia. And a lot of this isn't adding up. I mean, if you look at what's coming out of the mouths of the Biden regime, and then you compare it to what we're hearing from Ukraine, the president of Ukraine, and other EU diplomats themselves, the, 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 the messages are contradictory. So on the one hand, Look, the State Department, of course, they, uh, they had a recent evacuation order for families of American personnel at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine. So that suggests that the Biden regime is expecting some imminent invasion, does it not, if they're ordering the evacuation of these people, these families? But, but the U- Ukrainian president, uh, he claimed, I think it was even today, that Americans are safer in Kiev than L.A.? <laughs> I mean, this guy, that's a prolific statement because it's probably true and it says a lot in just a few words. But EU EU officials seem to be echoing the same thing. I mean, they seem to be disturbed by, they call it premature, the U.S. evacuation. So, So is the invasion imminent or is it not? Biden's side, his camp, suggests that it's going to happen any moment. And then, of course, the Ukrainian president, And other people in the EU who are not taking the same action, well, they're suggesting that it's not imminent at all. I mean, if you're going to say Americans are safer in Kiev than L.A., but I mean, these days, though, the way things are going in this country, that's not that shocking. I mean, you could have a war zone. Kiev's pretty far from the border of Ukraine. And uh, L.A. probably is a more dangerous place. Um, I mean, L.A. looks like a war zone. We've seen pictures of this. We've seen Gavin Newsom, as I talked about recently, going down there where a train was robbed for a photo op, cleaning up trash or whatever it is on the on the on the streets. He did this before with the homeless camps too, right? And of course, how could this happen? How could this happen? No self awareness whatsoever. It's him. He knows it's him, uh, but he has the audacity to act like it's someone else. But this is this is what the Democrats do, right? Kings of uh, of deflection. 
of placing blame elsewhere for the problems they've created. This is one of their tried and true tactics. But to get off of Ukraine for a minute here, you know, some things have happened in the news, some videos I've seen that um, they brought me back to, well, the era of Rush Limbaugh before he passed, long before his time. Uh, remember, he was he took a lot of heat. I mean, t- he took a lot of heat, period, for all of us for a long time, for his entire career. But during the Obama administration, he made the assertion, rightly so, that uh, a lot of white Americans voted for Barack Obama and it was a, a guilt vote, a white guilt vote. And people attacked that because it was true. And this is something that came to my mind today because there was a video out there in the Twitter world that I saw. It doesn't matter. There's this great, great, well, somebody who posts out there, it's called the, uh, what is it, Libs of TikTok or something like that. I'm not on TikTok. I don't do that. It's a stretch for me even to be on Twitter. But nonetheless, they go out there and they find these videos of these insane liberals, which is you know, it's synonymous. I'm, it's, it, I'm, it's redundant to say insane liberal because liberals are, by definition, insane more and more, as we'll get to in this program. But you got these two white women masked up in an elevator with a unmasked black man. And these liberals are going crazy because he doesn't have a mask on his face. You know what I'm going to do? Actually, let me, let me play the video. Uh, obviously, you can't see it. Uh, but just imagine a couple of Karens, if you will, a bunch of like Karens going uh, bat, SH, you know what, crazy in the elevator, and you'll get the idea. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. What are you guys doing? Get out. Get out. What are you guys doing? Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Get out. Don't touch me. Get out. I'm not touching you. Did you just hit me? Did you just hit me? You just hit me. You just hit me. You two? So so these two Karens have got masks on their faces. It keeps slipping down be- below one of their noses. And so they're on this elevator, it looks like, uh, with this, end of this black individual. And they want him to get off the elevator. And they're yelling at him. And one of them, you hear the sound, the thud, the thump. She uses her iPhone to hit this black guy. Uh probably in the face, and he says, what are you doing? And they start chanting like insane, I, I don't know, it's like a like a witch ritual. Black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter, like to absolve themselves from all guilt, you know? Here they are assaulting a black man in an elevator, these two white women. And he says, what are you doing? Black lives matter, black... And, and that's what made me think of Rush Limbaugh, because that's exactly what, uh, what he was talking about. You've got these individuals, and, and you know what? Black Lives Matter was a Marxist movement. It never had anything to do with black lives or anything else. It was a, well, for those that ran it, I forgot the, the, one of the woman's name uh, right now, but she was one of the founders, of course, and, you know, she got in a little bit of uh, trouble, not really trouble because nothing happened to her, but she bought several million-dollar homes based on the salary she was paid off of donations to the Black Lives Matter movement, and... It was always a scam. It was always a joke. It was just a divisive Marxist organization. And you had all these white people jumping on board, predominantly white, especially white women. I don't know what it is about the white women in America, but they always seem to jump on these absolutely foolish ideas. 
we can get to the rationale reasons maybe uh, that I could think of for that in a minute if I want to get myself into some trouble. But nonetheless, Black Lives Matter, for example, you know, the white people who got associated with that movement predominantly, I'll tell you this, liberals are guilt ridden because the Democratic Party is historically racist. And honestly, from my own personal experiences, I can tell you, countless white Democrats are racist individuals. The things they say about black people are truly egregious. And Black Lives Matter was just an empty virtue signaling call that they used to try and cover up for their racist inclinations. And that's what, that's what, uh, what the, the great late Rush Limbaugh was talking about when he talked about a lot of white people voting for Barack Obama because of white guilt. They believe this thing, you know, they're trying to absolve themselves of something that they didn't do. Maybe they do feel it in their hearts because they actually are racist and they're aware of it. And, and they feel like they can hide behind this if they vote for Barack Obama. It's like going to church for them. You know, in their daily lives, they can act and behave any way they want. This is the message I want to get to, actually, because this is important. A lot of Democrats out there, they hide behind the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party is comprised of a bunch of a bunch of virtuous, amoral, unprincipled individuals. We know this. We see it every day around us based on the Democratic Party. Those voters from that Russ Musson poll who, for example, believe that anyone who speaks publicly out uh, against the efficacy of the vaccine should be fined or go to prison. These are these people. They're absolutely insane, like these two, two, uh, two Karens. But being a Democrat is very alluring, especially to young people, but to everyone across the board, because it's a way for them almost like they're Jesus. You know, they, they get salvation in the Democratic Party. They can, they can be racist. They can be terrible. They can be awful people, have affairs, do X, Y, and Z. It doesn't matter. Do things that we know are wrong. And as long as they're Democrats, they find redemption. They're forgiven. You can get away with anything as a Democrat. You know, Bill Clinton, you can get a blowjob in the Oval Office with some young 20-something-odd staff, or you can go on the, the Lolita Express with, um, what's his name, who didn't kill himself in prison. But uh, you get the idea. You can do all these things, and but you're a Democrat, so you're shielded from everything. You can, you can promote racism. You can promote violence. You can do anything. And as long as you're a Democrat... Good for you. And that's what the Black Lives Matter movement was, for example. Oh, well, I'm a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. I believe in this, even though I don't know what it represents, but I believe in it. I'm a BLM supporter as a white person, so I'm all good. You can't hurt me. You can't attack me. And that's what the Democrats do. I'll give you a perfect example again today. Peter Ducey at Fox News. So I guess there was a press conference. He was leaving the press conference uh, with Joe Biden. And he had asked Joe Biden some kind of question about inflation, which is a relevant question. That's an important question this president must address because it's affecting everyone in this country. And it's not going away. It it's continues to be exacerbated by their policies. And this is the do-nothing Democrat Party. They're not interested in solving any of this. In fact, they're the ones creating it. So Peter Ducey asked him a question that every American wants to know about. Inflation. And... Joe Biden, there's a couple takeaways here. Joe Biden in a hot mic moment, right? Hot mic, that's when he doesn't realize the microphone's not turned off. And he says into a microphone that is audible in the entire room for everyone to hear, including the other reporters in the room as they're leaving, he says, 
what a stupid SOB. But he didn't say SOB. He said, son of a, what a stupid son of a. Now, firstly, this brain-dead president does not have the caution, doesn't have his wits about him to avoid making such an egregious error. So he speaks that into a microphone thinking it's turned off because he doesn't care, he doesn't think about it, whatever. But secondly, isn't this the guy that was the unity guy, the guy who was going to unite America, that stood and represented all Americans? He was going to, you know, take out the trash with regards to Donald Trump's impropriety, right? Donald Trump was always attacked. Oh, Donald Trump's mean to reporters. He says this. He demeans them. And I got a couple clips to play in a minute that just show what a disgrace the Democratic Party is, what a sack of uh, pitiful excrement they are. But that's what happened. I, but I want to do something else before I get to that. I actually want to play what Peter Ducey said as soon as he got out of that interview, who was interviewed about what happened. And Peter Ducey didn't even actually hear the comment. He heard it after he got out of the room. He was in the room with a gaggle of other reporters, and they said, did you hear what Joe Biden said about you? And he didn't hear about it. But I want, I want to play Peter Ducey's response right after because Peter Ducey's a great guy. This is really an all-American Boy Scout. I like this guy. I've liked this guy for a long time because of his his courage in these briefing rooms because yeah, he's actually willing to ask the questions that Americans... Well, he, he he's a journalist. I guess that's what it comes down to. He's one of the few, if only, journalists in the room time and time again. And he's at Fox News, so that in itself puts a target on his back. So he's courageous. And he's attacked by the left, you know, repeatedly. I cannot imagine being in Washington, D.C. as Peter Ducey and trying to go anywhere. I mean, hope. well, he is vaccinated, so at least he's a, he, he can get a pizza or something like that. Because if you're not vaccinated in Washington, D.C., our capital now, you know, you can't even go into a restaurant or eat anymore. You're a pariah of society. That's D.C. But nonetheless, even if he's vaccinated and he can get in a restaurant, I can't imagine being him in the D.C. swamp where it's predominantly Democrats and him having a target on his back every day. Maybe he doesn't eat out much. Maybe he just sits at home and enjoys this, uh, you know, kind of the, the quarantine lifestyle still. I would. I wouldn't be out in public in D.C., even if I was admitted to places, because, you know, it's open season out there. you got Democrats who, who openly call for accosting Republicans. It's the same for a conservative-leaning journalist, or just a journalist at all. Uh, but here's what Peter Ducey had to say. The midterms, and then he said that, and I couldn't even hear him because people were shouting at us to get out, but somebody came up to me in the briefing room a few minutes later and said, did you hear what the president said? <laughs> and I said, no, what? They said, he called you a stupid SOB. And I said, did he say SOB? And the person said, no. <laughs> he did the elongated version. You know? uh, yep. So, Ducey, I think the president's right. You are a stupid SOB. <laughs> yeah, nobody has fact-checked him yet. I mean, think about Peter Ducey there. Taking that all with, with, with humor, you know, just taking it on the chin. He's laughing about it. He's joking about it. He's having a little bit of, of fun about what happened. But think about that sense of humor that he brings to things. That, that I mean, what a decent response and a decent guy. He didn't go for the jugular of Joe Biden, which will do for Peter Ducey. He doesn't have to do that. He's got friends and allies in me and others out there. But, but what a stand-up guy. Is he not? I mean, how do you, how can you dislike this guy? He just gets called a stupid SOB by the president of the United States 
who expresses nothing but just uh, condescension uh, for Peter Ducey and anybody who questions the regime. And there you have it, a sense of humor, the Boy Scout Peter Ducey. And think about how the Democrats responded under the Trump administration. When Trump gave a press conference and said an ill word against a reporter or said they were you know, fake news, they lost their minds. They talked about you know, the end of democracy. Uh, their gaskets were about to blow, and they did blow. But if I, I mean, look, it's, it's not really um, hyperbole to suggest that had Donald Trump called a reporter a stupid SOB, they'd probably be calling for his impeachment. I, I don't think that's beyond the pale. I don't think that's unreasonable to suggest. I mean, at least if Donald Trump called somebody a stupid SOB, that wouldn't be fake news. That would be truth. Unlike all of the offenses he was impeached for, impeached for, you know, quid pro quo, which didn't happen. He was investigated for Trump-Russia collusion. Didn't happen. That was also a hoax. And then, of course, the third one, inciting an insurrection, he was impeached over that. So that was actually the second impeachment, all for things he didn't do. And so I just, I just think that's a stark contrast between the leftists in this country and how they've lost their minds and conservatives, Republicans. We actually are fair-minded. We actually are balanced chemically in our brains. But the left is not. They're off the rails. And, you know, there's so much projection going on where they want to pretend like it's you and I who are threatening democracy, you and I who are who are dangerous and, and, and domestic terrorists. But it's them. It's them. And they, they are doing everything they can to promote this false narrative. You know, I didn't listen to the show. I didn't have time. But uh, there was a great article. Dan Bongino talked about it to give credit because that's actually where it came up. I got an, you know, I subscribe to Dan. So I get an email, you know, when he, when he releases a new podcast or whatever it is. And I saw the topic about something about is our government engaged in some psyops effort. So I, I looked into it. And there's an article by, um, let me see if I can find his name. It was over at, at American Greatness. Now, I'm a big fan of American Greatness because um, I often have my articles published there, and that's where Victor Davis Hanson has found a home after the, well, National Review, which is a, which is a, a disgrace now. Um, where is this? Bear with me, diddly D. I know you can't have silence on the air. Uh, let me go to AM Greatness's website here. Um, I'm committing all kinds of of crimes and sins here with regards to the microphone and broadcasting with my ums and everything else. I just want to see if I can find it. Government, do you feel like you're with me right now in the room? I don't know if this gives me much credibility here, if you'd want to be in this room with me right now. Okay, here we go. The Civil War PSYOP from American Greatness. Now, you can go to Bongino. I think he did his whole episode about this, but I just want to touch on it. Um, I mean, the, the gist of this article is, you know, there's a demoralization that occurs... Uh, in an effort to, to, well, let me just read from it. Let me read from it. All right. Michael Anton, that's his name. 
Regime propaganda is so ubiquitous that even if, like me, you make no effort to seek it out and even take steps to avoid it, you can't help but notice that our masters have fastened on to a new narrative, the coming civil war. This was the crux of all the maudlin, dishonest January 6th retrospectives of several think pieces and at least three new books. And he goes on, he says, you know, this idea of a civil war that they're continuing to bring up and they're acting like it's, you know, uh, conservatives, Republicans, MAGA people that are trying to start a civil war. But, you know, he makes the points in this piece that if you listen to Joe Biden, I mean, that's absurd. He said we need F-16s or F-15s and nuclear weapons, you know, if we want to go against the government. So it's insane to think this. And, and furthermore, where, are, where are, are our colonels, our generals, our leaders out there? Because a civil war takes uh, organization. Organization. And of course, if there were signs of a civil war brewing from our side, like if I was some civil war general trying to foment civil war against the government and insurrection, well, you can guarantee that the FBI would be all over me. They would seek us out. I mean, they can find grandmas that aren't involved. I mean, that's all their, their energy is focused on, but they can't find any of that. But anyway, it'd be Bambi versus Godzilla, he says, if it actually, that was the case. And, um, yeah, so organization like civil war requires elites, he writes. Indeed, civil wars, like all wars, are fought between two opposing factions of elites. So where are our elites, apart from Donald Trump, potentially, is, is kind of his point. Trump may have tens of millions of committed followers, but a real civil war requires generals and colonels and captains and lieutenants and sergeants. Go ahead, name some. I'll wait, he writes. Exactly. Um... So he's talking about the conscious effort in this by the Democrats who are talking about civil war and trying to paint us as domestic terrorists and so on and so forth. It's what's known in national security geek speak as a PSYOP, a.k.a. a psychological operation. These are coordinated efforts to use propaganda, disinformation, truth and half-truth to influence the target's thinking in ways favorable to those behind the op. It's not simply propaganda. So PSYOPs can have many objectives, demoralization being the most common. But they can also be used to prep the ground for other operations, to create opportunities that otherwise might not present themselves. And this is where, is where it gets frightening. And what's true, I agree with him. I've thought about this, and I may have talked about it to you before. But he says that's what's going on now. The regime wishes to crush all actual and potential opposition. To do this, it needs to criminalize dissent. But doing that runs against the letter and spirit of the great charters of American liberty and against the grain of the American character. To do what they want to do requires changing public opinion. Bingo. They've got to convince tens of millions of Americans in this country, especially Democrats, that there is some kind of impetus, some kind of justification for doing what, for example, that Rasmussen poll suggested. Democrat voters who think that I should be imprisoned or fined for being a voice of dissent against just questioning vaccine efficacy. That's dangerous misinformation. I'm getting people killed. Do you see how they, 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 they ramp up that rhetoric and how it convinces people that, yeah, I should be in jail and it gives them some kind of ability to sleep at night for it because they convince themselves they've done something good, even though they know inherently that it's wrong. So more specifically, he writes, it requires wearing down Americans inborn resistance to censorship and political persecution. But as much as Americans hate those things, right? 
you know, we like free speech, we believe in the Constitution, but as much as we we hate those threats to those things, Americans also hate and fear, I'm going back to the article now, even the prospect of terrorism, civil strife, and domestic conflict. So if you can convince the American people that civil strife, terrorism, domestic conflict are imminent because of, I don't know, me, Drew Thomas Allen, well, then... uh. If they can convince them of that, then, then, then they can go ahead with their schemes. So we know there's not white terrorism, MAGA terrorism. We know there's not this civil strife or domestic conflict right now. Not from the right, at least. It's coming from the left. But, you know, good luck convincing the left of that. Even while they're burning down homes, burning down businesses, they still claim the moral uh, authority and ground. Again, that's about being a leftist. Everything's justified for them. If you're a leftist, you can do anything. You can, you can be Antifa, you can BLM, be BLM, you can kill people, you can burn down businesses, you can commit all kinds of crimes, but it's okay because you're on the left. You're a Democrat. See, it absolves you of anything you've done. It's that double standard. You know, so the, the Department of Justice, he references, recently created a domestic terrorism unit to target those who are motivated by racial animus, as well as those who ascribe to extremist, anti-government, and anti-authority ideologies. Now, that's an odd statement, right? I mean, they're not really going after actual terrorists. That's his point in this article, too. If they could find some, they'd go after them, but they're, they're targeting motives they're inventing, animus, ideologies, ideas and feelings, not actual facts. That's what uh, Anton continues to write. So the closest thing they have is January 6th, he writes about. That's right. So, and that was the point of that event. It was to to lay the groundwork for continuing to propel this narrative that's untrue that the right is somehow dangerous in this country. And I mean, the, the reality is most Americans aren't really even on board with January sixth. It's kind of crumbled around them, right? I mean, they're trying to to brainwash everyone that January sixth was nine eleven, right? They compared it to 9-11, uh, to Pearl Harbor, and, 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 and three-quarters of Americans, he says here, which I believe is right, and I trust his, his, his journalistic work here, think it was a protest that went too far. So the regime here needs another plan because A, which is January 6th, use that to go after political opponents. It's not quite working because Americans, they're not totally stupid. Not yet, all right? And so now they're talking about civil war. And so, so he's going on to say, um, he talks about the feds, for example, Ray Epps at January 6th, who the FBI essentially admitted was a fed by not answering the question, was Ray Epps a fed? I can't answer that. Or, you know, were feds involved in January 6th? Well, we can't answer that. Of course, that's a yes, an affirmative. And you've got all these new guys, by the way, at the March for Freedom and everywhere else. Anywhere uh, conservatives are gathering, you know, they've got this new group. I don't even remember what their name is. You've probably seen them. They're masked up. They always look the same. They look like feds. It's obvious. But there was some video they released themselves, which is just so insane, of them, you know, saying like Sig Heil, they're pretending to be, you know, little Nazis, and they're supposedly conservatives, but they're not. We know these guys are feds, and so at every, they're making every effort they can. It's like a false flag operation, but, but to create this narrative that that this is real and true, even though it's not. And so, 
I think, I mean, I've asserted this too. I think Anton makes the point too. I'm done with the article for now. I kind of made my points there. But I, I've made the assertion too that I actually think that the left wants nothing more than, than violence. They want nothing more than, than us to strike back and, 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 and go that route in terms of our protesting. And they're pushing us as hard as they can because they need that. I mean, the moment you have any kind of violent insurrection, actual violent insurrection, I guarantee you if the Democratic Party's in charge still, uh, they will use that like the Nazis used the Reichstag fire to really, really, I mean, martial law, you name it. They'll, they'll come after every right and they'll use that as justification. And they'll get it from their base. Their base will say to hell with the Constitution, to hell with a rationale, ra- ration, rational thought. Um, we've just got to do anything we can to destroy Republicans and conservatives to save the country. And that's what they're trying to convince everyone of. And so I think his advice in this article is don't give them an inch. Don't give, the, give them any rationale or reason that's actually built in reality and not the, the, the fake stuff they're inventing to do this kind of thing. Um. But there were a couple other things I just wanted to mention here. I mean, this was a busy day of news. I just wanted to hit this thing for half an hour, 45 minutes today to give you an update. But there's an Afghan refugee, by the way, who sexually assaulted a three-year-old. So this is somebody who came over from Afghanistan, of course, when we left the Americans behind and Biden saw fit to get the Afghanis out first. He couldn't get Americans out, couldn't locate them, but he had no problem, no problem bringing the Afghans uh, over to America and and uh, putting them in our communities. Well, this Afghan refugee sexually assaulted a three-year-old girl. And through his translator, he seemed to explain that this was acceptable in his culture. This is what we've talked about, and we get attacked for it, right? We say there's issues. We don't want Sharia law here. There are cultural differences. This is why it's so important that people come to this country that contribute to it, that fit in, that assimilate. And some of these other cultures, especially over in Afghanistan and other places in the Middle East, well, what they're used to, their cultures, they're antithetical to Americanism. They cannot function together unless they're willing to leave that aside and integrate themselves in our uh, republic here and adopt our principles that are important to us, our constitution, our Western way of life. And here's a perfect example of bringing somebody over from Afghanistan, settling them here. And now we have a three-year-old girl who was sexually assaulted by this Afghan man who says, well, this was okay where I came from. But the Democrats are responsible for this. This person wouldn't have been here but for the Biden administration. And that's why I say, I mean, this administration has blood on their hands, sexual assault on their hands, and this is the thing. Look around us. If you look at which party, which party's rhetoric is actually responsible for violence in this country, truly, forget January 6th, the only violence really happened to the protesters. Ashley Babbitt was the only person, a protester, who was shot and killed by that worthless, useless Capitol Police officer, Michael Byrd, who had already gotten in trouble because he left an armed gun in a bathroom, for example. This guy shouldn't have even been on the police force, but he's heralded as a hero on the left. And we can look at who a person is by who their heroes are, right? George Floyd kicking a pregnant woman in the stomach, a violent criminal, 
Yes, it's unfortunate what happened to him with Derek Chauvin, but that does not make George Floyd a good person, but they erect statues and monuments to him. But remember, years ago, the, uh, the Bernie Sanders supporter who was incensed to violence by rhetoric from the left, big Bernie Sanders guy, he tried to, to gun down an entire baseball field of all Republicans who are practicing baseball for the congressional baseball game or whatever it is that's played all the time. And um, Steve Scalia was the one that ne- nearly lost his life. He was shot. He had to go to the hospital, and he, he did. He nearly died. But that was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Look at Waukesha, Wisconsin. You had the black BLM activists who mowed down a group of children and others, dozens upon dozens, murdered people. It was a mass murder attempt in his vehicle. He was a black BLM supporter. Everywhere you look. Um, It turned out, too, there was a shooting in New York recently, and a young man, police officer, was murdered. Uh, These two cops showed up for a domestic disturbance call, and, of course, um, the individual shot and killed them. Unbelievable. And it turned out that this guy had been paying attention to a bunch of anti-cop videos and rhetoric. It's the left that gets people killed in this country, but they project... And uh, But, you know, they're leftists. They're Democrats. They can get away with it, right? But, you know, if you're a white woman, you can yell at a black... You can yell Black Lives Matter and punch a black man in the face, but you're down for the struggle, baby. And that's true in this country. I do believe the left... I mean, there is a mental illness in this country. It's definitely uh, uh, affecting the left like the greatest pandemic we've actually ever faced. But uh, they get away with it. You know, and I want to say something, too, about the callousness and, 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 and sickness in the Democratic Party. You know, while all this is happening with the Russian-Ukraine conflict that we can't seem to get answers about because it's confusing, we deserve answers, and Joe Biden should give a press conference clarifying because everything contradicts. It doesn't make sense. Inflation, soaring gla- gas pl- prices, you name it. I mean, we're in a world of trouble and hurt in this country. And you have Joe Biden sending it. Well, he didn't do it. Somebody sent out the tweets, right? We know it's not Joe. But many tweets were sent out today from his account telling us to mask up, telling us to get vaccinated. Is that some kind of a joke? All of these things are happening. We don't don't need a solution to X, Y, and Z. We need a solution to inflation. We need solutions to the soaring gas prices. And we know what those are. I want to make one other point because I went on a radio station earlier uh, today. I had an interview and we're talking about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And I can give a solution right now to solving this conflict. Don't tell the Democrats or actually maybe do tell the Democrats. This advice is free. I'm not the president of the United States, uh, but that's good. I mean, anyone uh, who's not a leftist in this country... Uh, is, is more fit and equipped to solve the problems that face this nation than any Democrat in politics today because, of course, their role is to destroy the country. But um, Russia wants that Nord Stream 2 pipeline to empower themselves and give themselves leverage over Europe and to weaken U- Ukraine. All we have to do right now is to sanction the pipeline 
and unleash energy independence in America today. Become a net exporter of oil and gas like we were under the Trump administration. Just remember this. Not long ago, just a little over a year ago, we were energy independent. And then Joe Biden took office, and the first thing he did with his little pen there was to end it. End it. Just like that. Stroke of a pen, and we're energy dependent again. But we could cut Russia out of the equation. They have a weak economy. They spend all their money on their military. And they need their oil and gas production and Europe to buy it from them. Uh, to uplift their economy, to hold them together. All we have to do is unleash our energy in this country, allow drilling, allow all of it, and we can export our own oil and gas to Europe, cutting out Russia, crippling them, and empowering ourselves. It's a win-win. Prices go down in America. Russia's defeated. Europe relies on us. Bada-boom, bada-bing, it's that easy. This is Drew Allen. I'll be right back. A short break and then we'll close out. You know, maybe it goes without saying, but the the, the Democrats really are such phonies, aren't they? I I remember um, Holden Caulfield. Do you remember that character? He was always upset. Everybody was a bunch of uh, phonies from The Catcher in the Rye. I mean, that was a favorite book of mine for a long time. And and I got the same sentiment here with regards to the Democrats. They really are just total phonies and frauds. And, you know, it's beyond me understanding how they, how any Democrat can't see through it, how any Democrat doesn't understand it. Uh, Just everywhere you look, you know. I guess to stay on target here, you know, we never have enough time to get to everything that's going on. I just try to cover what what I'm passionate about, obviously, um, and what I think, you know, people should know. So it's it's hard sorting through things because I, I, I shouldn't talk about things that I'm not passionate about, that I don't have a unique observation of, because you can go somewhere else and listen to that. Uh, but at the same time, I've got I've to talk about things that are substantial, that I feel like we have to to talk about, you know? You know, Joe Biden with this latest thing. This is not this is not even unique, right? When he's when he so Peter Ducey, by the way, I don't think I I clarified this. Peter Ducey asked him as he was if they as they were being herded out of the room, you know, what what he thought about, you know, what what role inflation was gonna play in the midterms. And, and Joe Biden said something about, well, it's not an asset. What a, you know, stupid, or, you know, what a, that dumb son of a bitch is a female dog. I can actually say it on the air. That dumb son of a bitch. But that's not abnormal. You know, this is the big lie about Joe Biden, too. This myth that he is somehow a decent guy, lunchbox, lunch bucket Joe, or whatever they call him. He's not. He never has been. Look at the children he turned out. Look at Hunter Biden. But anyway, you know, back in January of 2021, do you know what uh, what Joe Biden said? I just want to read you the quotation. He said in a press conference shortly after assuming office, but I'm not joking when I say this. If you are ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. 
What a joke. What a lie. What a bunch of empty rhetoric. We have never had a president, and that includes Barack Obama, by the way. We have never had a president talk down to the American people and express such disrespect towards us as Joe Biden. And, you know, this is this is this has been going on for a while, especially lately. We've seen instance after instance of of him calling a female reporter stupid or whatever else. You know, when he doesn't like the question, when he doesn't want to answer, when he wasn't prepped by his uh, his handlers for the responses, for the questions. This is a guy who dismisses them, who talks down to them, who who attacks them verbally. And the only thing that's changed about Joe Biden since he first came to Washington, D.C. in the late 70s is he's got more hair today than he did then. Joe, Joe plugs Biden. He's got plugs in his in his in his head. That's hair. Isn't that interesting? That and the fact that he's enriched himself. But, you know, it goes without saying that the media would be apoplectic, of course, if well, they were. When Donald Trump accused them of fake news and so on and so forth. I mean, there was one occasion in which Donald Trump, he went a little far. There was a, a reporter, a leftist, that, that had a condition. Um, he couldn't use his hands fully. And, and President Trump did kind of make fun of him physically. <clears throat> and that was wrong, and we'll condemn it. But this idea that, that Joe Biden is above it all, that he was going to unify this country... That was never, ever going to happen. That was never, ever the intention. You know, he was supposed to be bring decency, unity, civility, you know, to this country. And, you know, he sold a, you know, he's a snake oil salesman. You know, they, 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 they try and promote this myth. But I want to say something else, too. This guy, Joe Biden, he is the laziest president we've ever had. He spent, I think, a quarter of his presidency on vacation outside of Washington, D.C., outside of the White House, at Delaware, mainly, at one of his vacation homes. At one of his vacation homes. And um, he uh, he only works about four hours a day. If you look at the schedule, I mean, this guy calls a lid on the day by 3 p.m. He doesn't work much at all. And this guy is is supposed to have the temperament or the energy to be president in the United States, he can't take a question from the press without losing his mind. And it's a sycophantic press. He's asked legitimate questions. But I want to uh, end with this story. This is what I wanted to get to. So Peter Schweitzer, he's been investigating the corruption of the Biden family for a long time now. He's written multiple books on this, and he went on Mark Levin's show on Fox News on Sunday, I think it was, and talked about his latest investigative uh, book, I guess, that might be coming out. But anyway, here's the revelation. So this is from Fox News. I'm just going to read you uh, basically a summary of what took place. Host Mark Levin asked Schweitzer how apparent it is that Chinese Communist Party-linked figures made it part of their mission to invest in Biden's due to Joe Biden's long political career and influence. Here's what Peter Schweitzer responded. I think there's no question. We spent more than a year investigating red-handed, and one of the most startling things we uncovered is the simple fact that the Biden family, while he was vice president of the United States and continuing 
when he became president, received some $31 million from Chinese individuals who are linked to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. One of those figures Schweitzer, Schweitzer claimed is investor Shei Feng, chair of Chinese firm EverUnion Capital. Hunter Biden in the Hunter Biden emails, which we were told was Russian disinformation during the 2020 election, the campaign. And then, of course, they said, oh, ooh, actually, it's true. That's interference in the election, by the way, suppressing that, lying about that. But anyway, so, so Superman, Super Chairman is what Hunter Biden called him. That was the nickname. And Hunter says in one email, I don't believe in the lottery anymore, but I believe in the Super Chairman. Describing Shea as a sketchy Chinese businessman whose business partner at the time was the vice minister for state security in Beijing. There you go. Beijing Biden. So Schweitzer goes on and says, so there's no question in my mind that the Bidens were targeted by the Chinese. And for the life of me, this is unprecedented. I don't know of a time in American history where the American first family has had this kind of a financial bond with a foreign intelligence service, particularly, particularly a foreign intelligence service that wants to defeat the United States in global competition. And this really does begin to unravel everything we're witnessing, does it not? Why the Biden regime seems to be sycophantic towards China, takes a soft stand against them. I mean, they were paid $31 million. The, the point is... <clears throat> Sometimes the best place to hide is in the open. And that's what's happening right now. Americans don't want to don't want to believe this because we're supposed to be above this. Somehow this this is a stain on America and it's a stain on Democrats and it forces them to look in the mirror and say we made a mistake. There's corruption here. The Democrats are not the people that we've been told they are. There are the white ninnies in the elevator yelling BLM as they assault a black man. That's the Democrat Party. That's who they are. And it's hard to admit you've made a mistake. It's hard to look in the mirror and say, I've been wrong. I've been lied to. I've bought a bill of lies. And that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're struggling with. People don't have the humility to admit that they've been wrong. But it's obvious what's taken place here. A president of the United States is bought and paid for by the communist Chinese. Now, this extends beyond Joe Biden. This is Nancy Pelosi. This is uh, Dianne Feinstein when she was in Congress. This is Eric Swalwell who slept and banged Fang Fang. It's all out there in the open. And the media just, because they are in the pocket of the communist Chinese and they're propagandists for the Democratic Party, working for the Democratic Party, they sweep it under the rug. They don't make a big deal of it. If the media, the mainstream media, actually covered this in a serious way as it should be, and they had loyalty and allegiance to America and not an ideology, not a party, well, we'd be in a different situation here. But this is one of the most astounding revelations in American history, period. That we have a president who was paid off to the tune of $31 million while he was vice president, continuing to today as president of the United States. Paid, bought, and paid for by the Chinese Communist government. And it makes sense. 
They're not an ally. They're an enemy. And they've been infiltrating. They've been buying off politicians. They've been blackmailing people. And doesn't it explain everything? In a world in which nothing seems to make sense, why would people do X, Y, and Z? Doesn't it begin to make sense in your mind and come together when you realize that these people are working for China? They've been bought and paid for by China? That's something we have to continue to discuss. That's something we have to push hard. Because that's the thing that's bringing us to our knees right now. These politicians aren't working for America. They aren't working to fulfill their constitutional oaths and obligations. They're working for a foreign enemy because they've got fat pockets. Their pockets have been lined by the communist Chinese. They owe the communist Chinese. The Chinese have infiltrated every level of our government and our bureaucracy. And that's why they're on the rise going up and up. And we're on the decline going down and down. That's why their military is working towards becoming a deadly lethal force and we're teaching critical race theory and looking to include women in the draft. Think about that. Ponder that. All right. Love you all. Great patriots, all of you. Thank you for tuning in, keeping this show going. Uh, It's really a blessing to me to be here and have this opportunity. I can't tell you how much it means to me to be able to convene with you. I know you're out there. You know I'm here. All right, this is Drew Allen. God bless you all. Until next time.